Hebrews 7. So those who are new visiting for the first time, we've been looking uh, through the book of Hebrews. And um, we, it's been amazing. It's been interesting. We've had some tough conversations. Um, and it's, it's kind of caused us to, um, I hope that you're reading your Bible um, and uh, or reading Hebrews through us, with us. But it's amazing what, I can't remember who said it, but Ames always reminds me. It says, uh, the natural, our natural thing to be hungry always is satisfied when we eat. And then we stop hungry. But with God's spiritual hunger is when we eat, we get more hungry. And so the more we, more we dive in, the more we, we, we in, in, in dive into God's Word, the hungrier we get uh, to... So it's amazing. And so I encourage you to keep reading with us as we go through this book. But I'm going to just speak about from, from Hebrews 7 this morning, and then later on we will break some bread um, at, the end, at the end of it. Um, so, Hebrews 7. Is everyone there? Okay, read with me. Not literally, but please. So this is about um, Melchizedek and the, the, the priest. Uh, this Melchizedek was a king of Salem and a priest of a God most high. It's quite a long piece. I'm going to skip through it. He met Abraham returning from the defeats of the kings and blessed him. And Abraham gave him tenth of everything. This name, uh, Melchizedek, means the king of righteousness. Then also king of Salem means king of peace. So he was, uh, this dude was a priest and he was a king. Um, without father or mother, without uh, genealogy, without beginning of days or end of life, resembling the son of God, he remains a priest forever. Just think how great he was. Even Abraham gave him tenth of his plunder. Skip through verses 11. If perfection could be attained through the Levitical priesthood, and indeed the law given to the people established that priesthood, why was there still need for another priest to come? One in the order of Melchizedek, not in the order of Aaron. For when the priesthood is changed, the law must be changed also. He whom these things are said belonged to a different tribe, and no one from the tribe has ever served um, at the altar. For this is clear that the Lord descended from Judah, and in the regard of the tribe, Moses said nothing about priests. And what he said, have said, is even more clear if another priest um, like Melchizedek appears one who was become a priest not on the basis of regulation as his ancestry but on basis of power of our indestructible life because you are the so this uh, for it's declared verse 17 you are a priest forever um, and carry on and we go to uh, verse 22 because of this oath Jesus has become the curator of a better covenant now there have been many of these priests since the death prevented them from continuing in office. But because of Jesus lives forever, he has the permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him. 
because he has always lived uh, to intercede for them. Such a high priest truly meets our needs. One who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. Unlike the other high priest, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day for his, for his own sins and then of the sins of the people. He sacrificed for the sins once and for all when he offered up himself. For the law appoints as a high priest in the men in all their weaknesses, but the oath which came from the law appointed the Son who has been made, the, has been made perfect forever. So, that's a lot of scripture. Don't worry. We'll go through it. So we see here that Jesus has been um, likened to... Um, listen, I really struggle with this name. Malki. So I was like, I was standing next to Amy. And I was like, how must I remember this? So I was like, Ki, 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 do you love me? So I'm like, okay, I remember that song. So, so I was Malki. Because I say Melchizedek. So if I say it like that, just bear with me. Yeah. So Kiki, do you love me? Okay, so so Jesus has been, um, in a sense, been put next to him as this incredible man and a high priest for us forever. And uh, But you see the whole story is that the writer of Hebrews kind of puts at the end of Jesus um, as a high priest forever. But if you read in Hebrews, it says that the other priests um, in verse, um, verse 23, there are many other priests, but since their death, they're no longer in office. And so there's a whole story of the priesthood as it gets to Jesus. And it's quite important to know this whole this, uh, this, this line through the Bible because it helps us understand and the writer, as he speaks into Hebrews 7, and also helps us to understand uh, the incredible thing as Jesus is a high priest. So if we had to start from the beginning, are you with me? So Amy, I said this last night to Amy, I was excited, and she went like this to me, and then I knew, oh, freak, I need to kind of, you know, it's amazing what your wife humbles you, eh? So I was like going there, I was like, yes, the Lord has spoken. And she was just like, you know, it was a little bit confusing. So hopefully I'll get the nod today. So if we start from the beginning, we start with Adam and Eve. So Adam and Eve were the first priests. They were in charge. They had priestly duties for creation. So God gave them duties in order to look after creation, rule and reign, um, and have that relationship between God and creation. Then the fall came, and they were deceived and the Garden of Eden represented God's totality of, the, of, of heaven on earth. It was God's presence. They walked with Him daily. There was no sin. It was perfection. And when this comes, um, deception came. It kind of, uh, it, they were deceived and they got kicked out of the garden and they lost their, their duty of becoming priests. And, but, but God promises that there will, out of the descendants will come a, um, a savior of the world who will stand on the, on the snake's head and he will sacrifice himself. he give up his life for all of mankind. And 
He, the blessing that was intended for the Garden of Eden, will be restored through Him and a blessing for all mankind. So, the first priest, and that, that promise goes to, to Abraham. And we see the story that how Abraham is, uh, meets um, Melchizedek. And Abraham, um, we see this incredible story of, of, of Abraham with going. I just want to get it right here. So going, and he goes on to Mount Sinai, and he takes his son, Isaac, and he sacrifices Isaac. And he's about to sacrifice, and he stands, and God provides a ram in the thicket. And that's the first sense of the, 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 the shedding of blood that represents for our sins. So that was the introduction uh, of this. And in that moment, because of Abraham's uh, faith in Christ, was obtained to him as righteousness. And so through his blessing... And God says at that moment, in that thing, He says, your offspring, I will bless your offsprings always. And so Abraham's offspring, it, it multiplies, it gets bigger, and it becomes the nation of Israel. And later on, we see um, Moses and Aaron. So Moses goes, and he goes, to, um, he goes to Pharaoh and says, let my people go so they may worship me. And so he takes them, and he takes them to the edge of the promised land. And the... Sorry. And in this moment, when God, God goes, or Moses goes up to Mount Sinai, which is the same as a sacrifice as, as Abraham, the glory of God surrounds him, and he has this incredible encounter of the glory of the Father. And he comes down with the commandments. And he comes down with the Mosaic law. About the sacrifices of lambs for the attainment of, of, of sin. And uh, that's the whole thing of the law where it comes in a sense of the priests. would need to sacrifice lambs for the sins of the people. And so here we see Aaron, the first priest out of that thing, comes as does those sacrifices for the people of Israel. And, but the, his descendants, Aaron and his descendants, did a horrible job at it. There was corruption that began to infiltrate into uh, that priesthood. And from there, the people of Israel cry out for a king. Um, and they cry out for a king. And so God gives them David. David comes, an incredible man after God's heart. He defeats Israel's uh, enemies, and in this moment, he brings back the Ark of the Covenant back to Mount Sinai, which is actually Jerusalem. And as he dances, we know that scripture, as he brings the Ark in front, he was actually wearing priestly clothes because the priest would walk with it. And we all know he takes off the garments and he, he dances before the Lord as he comes into Jerusalem. And it's amazing you think, oh, that, that, that's the, the priests. That's the, the, the royal priest that is to come. But David messes up with Bathsheba, and he falls short. And in 
We read here in, in Hebrews 7, when it, it says in, in Psalm 110, where David sits at his window and he writes a psalm, and it speaks about how of his lineage, a Savior will come, and he will be like Melchizedek. And so from this we see uh, Jesus, the, the promise out of David's lineage, Jesus arrives and he becomes a priest. And he walks around and he acts as a priest. Because of a priest, the people would come and they would, they would confess their sins and the, the killing of the lambs, and that will attain, their, their, in a sense, their sins. But Jesus walked around. He didn't do anything. It says they didn't chop any lambs or blood. He went up to people and their belief, their faith in him gave them eternal life. And so that's why the priests were getting so mad because he was doing their job. And people believed in the name of Jesus. They didn't have to go through this whole ritual thing in order for their sins to be forgiven. They can go to the, directly to the Son of God and ask for forgiveness. And so we see in this thing that the perfect Jesus is our perfect high priest. That we can go through to Him, through Him to the Father. And from that we see, later on we see, uh, in Acts 2, when the, the, the Holy Spirit falls on the disciples of Jesus, and you see the, the picture of, of God's presence residing in temples and tabernacles, and now He resides in His people. That the Holy Spirit, we are the new temple of the Holy Spirit. And in this moment... The Holy Spirit falls on His disciples. And later on we see in, in 1 Peter 2, it says, They are living stones and a royal priesthood. And so here we see that the, the, through Christ that we are His royal priesthood. We are what God has called us to be the representatives. And He kind of, God restored what was in the garden with Adam and Eve. That we are God's representatives to the world. That God can speak to us and God can use us to reach the world. If that makes sense. Is everyone with me? Do I get... Okay, there we go. Sound good. So we see this incredible um, high priest of Jesus. Beautiful, pure, and he lives to intercede for you. Even when we are struggling, he's praying for you. So if you had to go back, and this is in the sense of what I'm going to be sharing on this just quickly this morning. If you go back to Exodus 29, verse 38, and it speaks about the priests and what the priests used to do is they used to take a lamb and they would sacrifice it in the morning and they would sacrifice it in the evening and if you begin to think about that if, if, if we read it it says this is what you must do to offer uh, on the altar regularly each day two lambs a year old offer one in the morning and one after twilight uh, with the first lamb offer a tenth um, and blah blah it goes on to different other things but here we see the priests 
and they were under the old covenant and you read on later on in this Hebrews it speaks about the priests under the new covenant but the the incredible thing the dedication of the priests now remember you're a priest the dedication day by day day by day they would sacrifice lambs at the altar and you think about it if if any you, you think about Jesus's blood and the lamb represents the, the blood of Jesus the the ultimate that he he shed his blood for once and for all that we don't have to shed the blood of lambs but if you think about the priests each day they would come and they would sacrifice a lamb and the blood of the lamb would be warm they will feel the warmness of the blood sorry if anyone's vegan but the, the warmness of God's blood and I, and I kind of think in a sense in my own life and you read the dedication that we actually are part of a better covenant that sometimes the blood of Jesus has gone cold in our hands not this is metaphorically eh? that the blood of Jesus has gone cold in his people those priests, they sacrificed the as the land, as the blood touched that, it was warm. And in that moment, I think I believe that sometimes we've become, in a sense, lazy in our priestly duties as Christians. And the way of, of remembering Him. And it's almost like we've become numb to what Jesus has done on the cross. That our blood has is, is become cold. You know, I look at Ray. I, I, the other day I was on the bed. She's becoming so cute. <laughs> and uh, we, we were like ruffling, tumbling in, in the bed. And she's like, she's got two teeth. So she tries to bite when she gets irritated. And I try to irritate her because it's cute. Anyway, and I remember hugging and kissing. And I remember just God laying my heart and he said, there is nothing that you can do you can give all the hugs all the kisses I can make my household completely and utterly safe but there will come a time when Ray I cannot I cannot be that that the Savior to Ray Ray will need to meet Jesus and my job as a father is is, is to love her in such a way that she will want to and demonstrate in our lives as a family that, that, that in this house we serve Jesus that they come to Jesus because we cannot we cannot be that one that fills the void in our heart we have to introduce her to Jesus that she must feel the warmth of the blood of Jesus and we see amazingly and in Exodus, when you read the story, when Abraham comes from this incredible victory and he sees uh, uh, Melchizedek, and Melchizedek comes and he blesses them and he breaks bread. I don't know if that's where breaking bread with Jesus, I don't know, but it's kind of symbolic that this priest broke bread. And so we begin to see it in, in 2 Corinthians 11. We're speaking about breaking of bread. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 7, 
17. Yeah, verse 23. It says, For I received from the Lord what is also passed unto you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he was given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance. Say remembrance. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance. Say remembrance of me. And so we see this. He mentions twice remembrance. And the word remembrance, and I think in a sense we, we live in such a fast-track world that we, we are so quick to go from one weekend to the next. And we actually, in a sense, the priest would wake up early in the morning. They would, they would sense the warmth of the day, the coolness of the day. And they would go and they have this duty and they would, there was this, this, this expectation because they knew if they dropped the ball, the sins of, the, of, the, of the, their people would be, <coughs> there would be trouble. And in a sense, it's like the remembrance of Christ in our lives. And we see this as, as, as to remind us of Him. We sang about Him this morning, but it's to remind us of Him. And Christ gave us a simple explanation of the Lord's Supper in remembrance of Him. That we must remember His death. We must remember what He did on the cross because when he said to his disciples, we must remember that the disciples physically saw Jesus on the cross. They physically saw the nails being hammered into his hands and upon his feet. They physically saw the blood pour from his side. And when Jesus spoke to them, he says, I want you to remember me. It wasn't just a, 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 a religious uh, thing that we must do but they knew they saw they understood that's why it says in acts that they daily they broke bread because they remember what jesus did on the cross for them it was literally remembering the past for us we don't see it so we come into this religious kind of atmosphere where it becomes in part of churches like a tick off the the the, the, the brackets you know the to break bread but the disciples saw it. They literally, maybe the blood of Jesus splattered upon their faces as they looked at Him. Church, has, has the blood of Jesus become cold in your heart? Have we become numb to what He's done for our lives? Is there a realization? Is there a remembrance? Because the reality, I think Jesus is scared that we'll forget about Him. And how many times in our lives that we forget about Him? We just live our lives and we do our own thing and then and, and, and trouble comes and then like, ah, oh, Jesus. But imagine we lived a life that we remembered Him. It was like we walked with Him. That's what Jesus desires for us is not to be orphans, but to be sons and daughters, to restore that priestly thing and then the garden of eden that we are like 
like Adam and Eve in the cool of the day that they hear the footsteps of Jesus. Southern Gateway has our blood become cold. Do we feel the warmth of Jesus in remembrance of Him? I met with a, a guy. He was in my youth many years. Incredible guy. I think he was head boy. And uh, through Instagram, we, we got connected again and after youth and, 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 and whatever. But he phones me up. He says, can I have a coffee with you, Paul? So I said, sure. And uh, we meet at the uh, Caltex, and uh, we're having a coffee. And he begins to open up, and you can hear the hurt that his parents or his mother has caused upon him that to the extent that he, he's seen in a, her own life that he doesn't want to follow Jesus. And I sat there and he said, he said to me, Paul, and this is a guy who, who loved Jesus. He walked with Christ. Radical. Out of, out of a, a, a household that was such a mess that he made it through. Someone for, like he was a person that was out of the darkness, out of trash, that he was, he was standing strong. And he stood in front of me and he said, Paul, I don't want to serve Jesus anymore. And I, I said, Brother, that's not the way. He says, he remembered on the night, he said, I'm going to make a decision not to follow Christ to Jesus. And I said to him, I said, listen, Jesus got your number. He will never leave or forsake you. And he's on a journey, and he's walking. And, but I know that God has called him. And sometimes we can forget him. And I think that's the heart of Jesus through Hebrews, is that we never forget him. The world is slowly but surely erasing the image of Jesus. But the, the incredible thing in our lives is He lives inside of us. That we are His priests. We represent Him. Is the blood of Jesus running through your veins, metaphorically? <laughs> running through your veins. Is it cold? Or is it warm? Can you sense him? Is it a realness to Jesus? And uh, before we break bread, if I'm the tea, if you can come. And to, this morning we're going to break bread. And I encourage you, it's, it's, Jesus didn't say to his disciples, do this in remembrance of me. He says, not, it's not about the breaking of bread. It's not about the drinking of wine. It's the remembering him. but remembering him and maybe for some of us that the, 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 the realization of Jesus has become numb to us that he's lost the warmth in our heart and God wants us to remember him because it's good for us he knows it's good and as we break bread as we come around the table 
and we remember what Christ has done for us. The beauty of the cross. The splendor of the work, the finished work. That He is our high priest. That we can go to Him. That we don't have to do all these one, two, three, four, this step. That we could go boldly into His throne room. And come to Him and lay down in our struggle, in our sin, in our confusion, in our things. Like that, that guy's, my mate's friend. That, that, that. Even though that in a sense in his heart, I trust God that he would meet him again. And I know Jesus is not, for, is not giving up on him. Because he is our high priest. And he will never ever forget to intercede for our lives. In John 17, it speaks about, I'll read this and then we'll break bread. It's, it's Jesus' high priestly prayer. He prays it over us. You can hear the heart of Jesus for us. He's so for us, guys. He is so for us. It's when we let, when we forget he's there it says my prayer is not for them to be for them to be alone I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one father as just as you are in me and i am in you may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me i have given them the glory that you have gave me and they may be one as we are one i in them and you and me so that they may be brought to complete unity then the world will know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those who have given me to be with you where I am and to see my glory, the glory that you have given me because you have loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though that the world does not know you, I know you. And they will know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and I myself may be in them. That is the heart of our high priest, Jesus. So I wonder if we can, if we can stand. And now what I want us to do is, there's two tables. And uh, it's on yourself, by yourself, if you want to do it as a family. It's just to come around the table. And Taryn will, will just maybe just sing a song as we, as we go. And I want us to 
slow down. Take the foot off the pedal. And I want you to, to take the bread, take the wine, and I, and I want you to, to picture Him, to remember Him. Remember, it's not about this stuff. It's about remembrance of what Jesus has done in your life. Think about it. Ponder upon it. Meditate upon it. Think about it. Don't just go there and, and walk on. But stop. Stop the world. Stop your mind just spinning and thinking about what's for lunch, mothers. What's for lunch? What are we going to do next? No, stop. Ponder. And, and think and remember what Christ has done for you. For you. And then I thought just at the end, as we just, in the next five minutes, I just want us to, to clap and to worship God out loud. Because in that scripture it says about the, the, the breaking of bread will be our praise to the world. So I just felt just to, to give a shout or give a praise or give a clap or give a sense of worship to what he's done in our lives together as one because that's Jesus's heart he says that they will be one his heart for his church is not to be divided for his people to be divided he says Lord that there will be one and so we will shout out, we will sing, we will whatever, as one people saying, Jesus, thank you for what you've done in our lives. Amen. So in your own time, don't feel ashamed, don't feel embarrassed. Come. You can come now, yeah. <laughs> as a family, So we start with the bread. just to slow down if you want to do it with your family if you want to sit if you want to take a moment but this morning it's about remembering Jesus what he's done for us on the cross
thank you Jesus that you are alive and living that we are your temple that you choose us to abide in us Lord and we abide in you and Lord I pray this morning Father I pray Lord that the blood of Jesus will come warm in our hands Lord that we will never grow cold and when we do Father I pray in remembrance that we'll gaze upon the beauty of Jesus and of the cross and know that you are a high priest the perfect the one that is living forevermore that defeated the snake that stood upon it and defeated the sting of death that we can 
experience eternal life in Jesus precious name so let's just give a shout give a clap give a uh, worship you Lord thank you Jesus thank you Jesus we worship you worship you Lord worship you Jesus thank you Lord Remember, there's always prayer up here if you're just needing prayer. And uh, do not rush out the hall and, and you know that you need prayer. Um, but there, grab some coffee, grab some tea, and uh, have a wonderful week.